Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum podcast. We're here again with the same three that you've heard recently. Nick Potts, Pilgrim Benham, and Shane Swayze. And I'm Dan Sardinas, and uh, we're back here with you. So guys, we got some stuff available for sale in our store. Some merch. Merch. Isn't it swag, though? Swag. Mm. Swayze swag? Swayze swag. Oh, there you go. (laughs) If you were hoping to sell any, it's probably not happening now. (laughs) Uh, What do we have for sale that our listeners can really buy and support a great Mm. new ministry, new podcast and blog? Uh, Because the proceeds go towards our hosting costs. What can people buy to really remind themselves of the Gospel Forum? Well, we have temporary tattoos. Yes, we do. Um, what was James' dream? <laughs> we, we uh, Donald Trump getting a tattoo of Mr. T drinking uh, from juice. an orange. No, oh, from, from, an orange, from an orange painted like the world. Yes. Oh, James. Can we make this happen? We have we had any? <laughs> we have listeners? not had any submissions at this point okay. after a week. Okay. Um, so we really need to make that happen. And of course, you're probably hearing this after the fact. So. But uh, yeah, so go back to listen to that virtual church episode, and if you did not hear about James's weird dream, there's a contest in there, and if you're the only one who submits anything, you could win yeah. some swag, yeah. some merch. So anyway, yeah. so t- Nick, tell us about our first merch item. Well, uh, our newest merch item, and I will post that right there, is a journal, and this is a um, leather journal with the Gospel Forum logo in it. So uh, it's got you know just your That's blank nice. pages. It's very nice. It's very light, but got a little spot where you can stick a little pen there. But yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. How much is that? This is twenty dollars on the website. So if you what go, a deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know if you go to thegospelforum.com, then uh, click on the merch section. Uh, you'll see that as the option there. and while you're there you will most definitely want to get a gospel forum t-shirt there you go modeling it so nicely for you guys today do, does it come with the beard it, it does not but i've Change heard if you wear it long enough there we go there we go you will instantly start to sprout a beard ladies beware <laughs> um, limited time only ten dollars i mean you cannot even find a plain t-shirt for ten dollars very true. Very true. So anyway, to find this stuff, you can go to thegospelforum.com slash merch, and we have two items for sale in there. And by buying that, not only do you get great merchandise, but you also support the Gospel Forum. Give so. us your monies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to Ken our main <laughs> topic of, uh, of the day. And today's main topic of the day is grace for the Christian life. Mm. Grace for the Christian life. Now, we're not talking about grace for salvation. We've already talked about that extensively in just about every episode we've done. But we want, and we want our listeners to know, we want you to know, that grace is not just something you need to be saved. You need grace every day after you're saved as well. And so in what ways, guys, do we need the grace of God? I guess first let's define the grace of God. Um, in this way, and in what ways do we need that grace uh, as we live every day? Well, I've always um, 
defined, it's important to define words correctly. So a lot of times we hear this idea of mercy and grace. So when I was teaching my kids who are now teenagers, you know, um, through a time of discipline, they would often say, Daddy, can you have grace on me? And so what they're actually asking, I had to kind of stop that conversation and say, well, time out. You're asking dad for mercy because what you actually deserve is punishment. <laughs> so I think defining the terms correctly right. is important. So we would say justice is when you get what you deserve. Mm -hmm. Most of us pray for justice for people who are speeding and cutting us off. We pray for justice, <laughs> right? Praying is yeah. better than some people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that guy justice? Lord, please. Um, and then you would take that definition and then look at mercy. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Mm -hmm. So mercy is not receiving the just judgment that you're supposed to receive. Right. Yeah. That's mercy. But that's not really grace. Grace is a, is a kind of a higher level. It's, a, it's almost its own distinct thing, separate from mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve, but grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Mm. And so I think that's an important distinction to say I'm receiving something by nature, I don't deserve it. And that qualifies me for it. Just like Jesus kind of said, blessed are the poor in spirit. The qualification is that you have to admit you don't, you know, you don't really have any means of earning it and you have nothing mm. to show for it. And that, yeah. so therefore you're qualified for yeah. it. Just to be clear, you're getting good things that you don't deserve. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So grace would have been in, in the bedroom with, the, with your children. Okay, I'm not going to punish you. And in fact, here's an ice cream cone. Yeah. Way to go, bud. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to illustrate one time where I actually went into timeout for my kids and tried to demonstrate the gospel. Like, hey, dad's going to take your punishment for you. And now you're free to go out with a free conscience and, yeah, let's enjoy, you know, candy or whatever. So I think that's an important distinction. You're a better dad than I, I'm going to be. I'm not going to say that we didn't have our moments. So. <laughs> very good. So that's, so that's the difference then. Okay, so uh, very important to distinguish. But then, so let's say a person becomes a Christian, they're born again. You know, they don't get resaved, so they don't need grace in that same way again. Um, but how does a person, like Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.18, to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. That is like an ongoing command yeah. where salvation, we're saved by grace through faith. That's our justification at the moment of belief and, uh, and, and the Spirit's work in our heart. But now this ongoing command to grow in the grace, mm -hmm. that, sounds like, that sounds like something different. Yeah. So let's, let's flesh that out. Well, not to take over, like I think Paul begins almost all of his epistles with grace and peace. And those are two things we experience as Christians. Those are experiential things that happen at salvation. We experience the grace, the divine favor of God, and the shalom, the peace that God gives us. Now we you know, have that through Christ. But that's something that he also greets them with on an ongoing basis. That's something that we all have, you know, that we can kind of adopt and live in grace and peace. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a there's an area of growing in that that aspect. You receive divine favor at salvation, mm -hmm. but in our daily sanctification, there's still a need to mm. receive grace. I'm a pastor. I need grace right. every single day. I can't live a moment of my day without God's divine favor in my life. Mm. Yeah, amen. I mean, I think Christian growth really is not getting to that point where we feel like we don't need grace anymore. Mm -hmm. Christian growth is really becoming more and more intimately aware of how desperately right. we need grace each and every moment of the day. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a big difference there. So when you so so would it be fair to say that growing in grace is just a part of that is realizing how much more you needed it than yesterday. Oh, amen. Right? I mean, it, your awareness of the need of God in your life in that way is, is much more than it was. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for Ooh. you, mm. for my power is made perfect in weakness. Well, how do we receive that power? We realize our weakness. Mm -hmm. But he says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. I mean, and that's, I, you know, me and my flesh, like, I will boast about a lot of things. Not my weakness, though. Like, anything but weakness. Yeah. Like, give me a lot of things. Don't make me boast in my weakness. Why, though, he says, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hmm. Yeah. And he ends that by saying, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Well, it, that's not a physical reality. That's not a, you know, that's a spiritual reality. When I am weak, what am I saying? I need grace. Hmm. Then, when I receive God's grace, I realize how strong I truly am. Not because I'm strong, because God is strong. And it was that grace that empowered Paul mm -hmm. to be able to live with whatever that thorn in the flesh was yeah. after asking God three times and realizing, hey, I'm actually stronger now because I'm relying on God more yeah. with this than without it. You yeah. see how he, he identifies himself throughout his, uh, the history of his writing. So he begins... I'm the least of um, the apostles. Then it goes further, I'm the least of the house of Israel. By the end, it's I'm the chief of all sinners. Mm. <laughs> so over time, he, he continually progresses, yeah. not up and up, higher and higher, but more and more Amen. in need of the grace of God. Yeah. We never write our little short bios like that, do we? No, like, we don't. We're always pulling out the highlights, yeah, you know? going up and up. And going better and better. Yeah. <laughs> so well, good. That's why mine's so small. So, <laughs> there's only a couple there. Yeah. So we need, so just just to kind of put a, a title on what we just said, there's grace in suffering. Yeah. We need mm -hmm. grace to endure suffering and endure weaknesses, endure trials. That's what Paul was talking about. And notice that, you know, the in, in, in a sense, the very thorn in the flesh was God's grace in Paul's life. Yeah. It was a very humbling thing. It just wasn't something God added to the weakness. It was, in fact, the very thing that Paul had. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then if that's true, to take that away, then God is taking his grace away from yeah. Paul in that way. And how, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how devastating that would be. Of course, <laughs> we want God just to take away all the bad things in our life sure. and just make it easy and let me just go forward smoothly. But what we don't understand is those troubling things in our life are God's way of showing grace to us and empowering right. us. Grace is not the absence of struggle or suffering. Grace is the presence of God. Amen. Yeah. It, it's, it, I, I kind of like what you said, like it, it, it is God's grace in there. It, it's not to say that the suffering itself is good, but so often you hear, you know, uh, you know, well, you're suffering now, but blessing's going to be on the other side of this. Mm. Well, no, like you need to sit back and think that the suffering itself is the blessing. And remember in that passage in context, Paul says, I was given a thorn in the flesh to keep me from boasting. Yes. But right? then what does he do right after? He boasts. He boasts. In, in his weakness. In his weakness. <laughs> to keep me from boasting. And so uh, there 
is a proof of his sanctification. And so becoming more Christ-like is to be less boastful of yourself. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so that's a great way that grace is displayed. How else? How else do we see grace displayed in the Christian life? So we see trouble and trials. Well, I was going to say, like, how do you guys see grace um, displayed from a Christian to others? You know what I mean? So we, mm-hmm. we're recipients, but we're also conduits or, you know, people who the grace of God passes through. So in the same way Jesus says you've been forgiven much, you love much, you know, you've been forgiven of this insurmountable debt. Mm-hmm. Now the way that you treat others, you know, should have a, a drastic change. Sure. Uh, I mean, like, I... I really try to uh, push kind of the practical side of like certain doctrines. I remember hearing a lecture, I don't, I don't even remember who it was, years ago. Uh, very first line was, all theology is practical theology. Um, and it is the job of the preacher or the pastor to, to bring that home. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a book that I read years ago uh, called The Practical Implications of Calvinism uh, by Albert Martin. Really good little book. And, you know, um, but one of the one of the things he talks about in the section on irresistible grace is that the whole point of the doctrine of irresistible grace is that um, God's grace is so powerful that it actually changes us. So if we are to be practical of it, then we are to be gracious toward others in such a powerful and mighty way that it changes them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and how often, I mean, of Calvinists, <laughs> how often do they fail? But, like, I mean, just Christians of all stripes in, in that regard. Like, how often do we fail? Because, you know, we, we thank God for his grace on us. Right. But then we thank God for his justice on everyone else. Right, exactly. <laughs> Paul Tripp has, has a quote somewhere in the vein of no one is uh, no one gives grace better than someone who is so deeply persuaded that they themselves need it yes. right mm. i mean until we really understand how desperately we need grace then that is going to transform how we then give grace to mm. others right mm. self-righteous people uh don't feel like they need to give grace mm-hmm. they feel like they have things to give right. uh, in and of themselves but when we see how deeply we need it how much quicker are we then to give out that mm-hmm. grace to others? Yeah. Um, but I think it really comes from that transformed heart, that transformed reality of, mm-hmm. of who we are. Um, yeah, and I think the way, to answer Pilgrim's question um, for me, is I think the way that's displayed is the fruit of the Spirit yeah. in our life. Oh, and so as we, as we are more loving, are more patient and kind and long-suffering, uh, and meek and you know go through that whole list um, I think as as we are growing in those ways I think that is God's way to display his grace in us towards others because you think that whole list is really how we react towards other people or situations yeah. um, and that's how I think God's in a tangible way how God's grace can be displayed in our lives yeah. that we who were maybe not so loving before or maybe we found it hard to love certain kinds of people or types mm-hmm. of people or just people in general. And now all of a sudden we have a much different affection uh, in us towards people because God has done something in us by his grace to mm-hmm. transform us. Yeah. And yeah. You know, maybe the way that you would have you reacted in a situation, uh, let's say you lost your job or you, know, so you had a medical emergency or whatever, 
or death in the family. Maybe you would have been a basket case, um, you know, maybe in the beginning of your Christian journey. But now maybe 10, 20, 30 years later, you, re you realize, hey, through maturity, through God's grace growing me in this way, I'm not going to be a basket case or maybe as much of a basket case <laughs> as I would have been. Yeah. And so I think to answer your question, I think that I think a practical way is the fruit of the spirit being displayed in our life. What about um, God's grace in battling sin and temptation? I love. Um, I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> I love John Piper's quote here. Uh, I forgot what book it is, but uh, John Piper said, uh, "Grace is just not pardon from sin. Grace is empowerment not to sin." Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So it's just not the forgiveness we need from sinning but it's the very strength we need to resist the temptation, to say no, to flee, to run, uh, whatever it is, the situation, to keep our mouth shut, to change our minds, Amen. whatever it is. It's, it's, we don't do that in our strength. We don't do that in our power. But grace is actually, as we are trusting the Lord, being led more by the Holy Spirit, obedient to his word, it's God's grace that transforms our hearts and actually um, empowers us to say no. And so when we say oh yeah well I don't do that anymore or you know whatever whatever the that is it's not because of you or me it's because yeah. of God in us yeah. displaying his grace every day and I think this is another way we grow in grace we mm -hmm. are we're repentant we're being sanctified we're leaving our former life behind yeah. and that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that the Christian won't struggle with sin sure. still but as that as you journey forward repentance is much more of a um uh, reality in your life yes. and 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 hopefully it should become easier and easier to say no and walk away and leave those things that were so tempting behind we well, yeah, Titus 2 11 and, and we could argue this is more saving grace but the word grace is used he says for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives mm -hmm. in the present age but he doesn't say the law of God has appeared teaching us, training us, but the grace, grace of, God. of God. And so not to make a huge argument there, but I think it's, well, the it's word how you, we live. That word training is so, it's so key there. Because yeah. I think the word training really goes with the growing. Right. You know, it's like, if I remember, I preached on that passage a couple of years ago. And the word training almost gave the, I could be wrong, so okay. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But it was almost like training for like, like a, an athletic competition, like your bodybuilding, your weight yes. training. So grace trains us, it prepares us yeah. uh, for something. Right. Uh, and and the, that something is what in that passage? For all godliness? Yeah, to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, one of my favorite songs is Grace Alone. And one of the lines in that song, I love running and listening to that song, but... Um, you know, it's I'll run the race by mm. grace and grace alone. I'll slay my sin mm. by grace and grace alone. So in the Christian life, we we should be seeing victory over sin in our growth, in our sanctification. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know about you guys, that's one of the most discouraging things in my own yeah. walk is when I look in the mirror and I see my lack of sanctification. I'm still not slaying my sin. But there's grace of God for tomorrow, right. you know, to continue to walk uprightly. Well, I think that's why we need grace. We need to understand that we are in a spiritual battle. I mean, this is a spiritual reality 
you know, good and evil, the, the fact of the flesh and the spirit. I mean, there's a real war going on. And we have to understand that sin is powerful, but not as powerful as the liberating power of grace. And I think we really need um, to understand that part of the power of sin is its deceptiveness, its deceitfulness, its the fact that sin blinds us. Mm. Um, you know, I, one of my favorite uh, passages, Hebrews chapter three, verse twelve says, "Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin." And so really grace is the liberating power to open our eyes to the reality of sin in our own life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those small moments of grace are pictures of sanctification, are the moments we need. And I think talking about our own sanctification, that's where the fact that we are a body comes into play, right? Like sometimes that's where we need other people. We need people to speak into our lives to say, hey, I'm a picture of grace by pointing you towards Christ in this sin or by exposing something that maybe you don't see. And likewise, we need people to give us grace when we're struggling, like Pilgrim said, to look in the mirror and go, man, I haven't grown at all. Mm. Well, sometimes we're our worst critics. Sometimes yes. we don't see the way that we're right. growing. We don't see these small you know, pictures mm. of sanctification. So we need somebody to say like, listen, I've seen so much growth in you yeah. When you do this, you've been so much more patient or so much kinder. I need, I all. I mean, if you're in a marriage, a lot of times that is one of the best ways that you can build up that marriage is by saying like, you might not have noticed this, but I've really noticed like how much more patient you are, or man, you've really grown in the way that you can encourage other people, and God's grace is sometimes uh, manifested by simple means by ordinary people. Yeah saying simple things to other people and it's i mean it can be transformative mm. yeah very good yeah and i think uh something that we can't ignore in this episode also is the means of grace god has given to us on a weekly basis mm -hmm. the preaching of his word right the singing with god's people uh, observing the ordinances together of course these are some of the things that my, my heart is longing for in this current moment. If you're listening to this way past this coronavirus pandemic, my heart yearns for that time to return uh, instead of just sitting in a living room with my family watching myself on TV, which is self torture. <laughs> but, it's torture for the rest of us, too. But it's, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Anyway, it's but, getting too serious. <laughs> but the means of grace uh, that God has given to us. Gathering with your church on Sunday, the word, the, the singing, the sacraments, all those things working together to give you strength for the rest of the week. Yeah. So cool. So cruel. So cool. So what am I trying it's to say? It's cruel that you can't do it, and I'm, it's cool when it happens. Yes. So critical. Thank you. I don't, I don't know, know what I'm trying to say here. Vital. I was just I'll trying to tired. save him, but <laughs> <laughs> I need grace right now. <laughs> there we go. But anyway, the means of grace part plays into this. And so if a Christian is not partaking in that means of grace, they're not going to be a very strong Christian that mm -hmm. they should be or could be. And yeah. so anyway, uh, great. Well, anything else to add to this conversation? I mean, we can go on and on. Oh, um, that Oh, yeah. The one thing I was going to say 
is just in the, that grace is just not a thing. I, I think it was uh, uh, Paul Tripp who said this. Could, could have been Matt Chandler. Uh, boy, I'm really confused today. Anyway. They look similar. I mean. Yeah, right? I mean, mustache. Uh, you know. <laughs> Sweater vest. Um, Sorry, Chandler. Grace is not a thing. Grace is a person. Yeah. Amen. Um, and yeah. that person is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love how John describes him in John chapter 1. From him we have received grace upon grace. What, what, a, what a sobering thought yes. to know that God's grace can never be exhausted. Right? God's grace. We could, we could keep on going back and keep receiving more and more for this, that, and everything else we need. We can never exhaust the grace of God. Infinite grace from an infinite God. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, you know, just to hit on the topic of, like, you know, how to grow in grace. Um, You know, we are commanded to grow in grace, but uh, because, you know, the idea of grace is found in a person, you don't grow in grace by seeking grace. Right. You don't grow in being merciful by being merciful. It's just like all the fruit of the Spirit, you don't grow in love by seeking Mm. love. You don't grow in these things by seeking the fruit, Mm. but by seeking the roots. You do so by seeking the substance. And um, what is the fruit of the Spirit? You know, you got the nine fruit, but you don't chase after the fruit. You chase after the Spirit from whom the fruit proceeds. Exactly. And when you are... What's it? Said look to Christ. Yeah, look to Christ, exactly, you know. And, you know, so we we pursue Christ, mm-hmm. and that is how we grow in these things. Yeah. Well, Jesus is the grace of God personified in yeah. human flesh. and every. So if you want to know what, uh, what loving grace looks like, you look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. know what patience looks like, look at Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Meekness, you look at Jesus. And so it's Jesus personifies that in every shape yeah. and form. Well, great conversation, guys. Let's go to our gospel nugget of the day. And Pilgrim Benham, take us away. Yeah, so this is actually a brilliant view of the grace of God in the Old Testament. A beautiful picture of the gospel right here in a story where you don't expect there to be grace given. So um, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, um, we have the death of Saul, the death of his son, um, Jonathan. And David has now basically um, taken over. He's, he's already years prior been anointed king, but now he is officially king. Um, and you see him in chapter 9 almost wanting to seek out the family of Saul and the family of Jonathan. And so he actually um, has his advisors go seek out, hey, is there anyone left alive in the family of, of Saul's household? And they find this... Um, man, young man named Mephibosheth, who had been um, dropped as a baby when his grandfather and father were killed in battle. Hmm. So his nurse had rushed to get him and flee because she knew the whole household is going to be wiped out. That's what you do when empires change, regime change. So she runs, drops him, and he becomes crippled in this accident. Kind of hides out, grows up, he's away from everyone, and then now the king is looking for him. The king finds him and the king calls him back to speak to him, summons him. And so he comes in terrified because David says, essentially, don't be afraid. And whenever someone says, don't be afraid, it's because you're afraid. (laughs) And then basically says to him, who are you? And he says, I'm Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan. Hmm. And so what David then in that moment does is basically says, I'm going to provide for you. 
I'm mm-hmm. going to allow my, like your servants, um, are, my servants are your servants. I'm going to have people care for you. And then not only that, but you're going to be brought to my table, to the king's table to eat with me. Mm-hmm. Um, what we see there is not necessarily something for us to say, I need to be a true and better David. I need to, be, I need to go find disabled people and help them. Should we help people who are, have disabilities? Yes and amen. The example for us is to see how David is a picture of Christ. Mm. And so, um, like David, Jesus comes to someone who has experienced a fall. Uh, we, through Adam's sin, have experienced you know, enmity with God. Uh, it's something that happened to us. We are crippled now because of our sin. And yet, Jesus, um, like David here, carries us to the table. Mm-hmm. He brings us to sit you know, with him, to feast with him. Uh, it's, it's such an amazing picture you know, of having um, people come around and actually serve um, this man. And so it's just a great picture of us you know, coming to the Lord's table and you know, being provided for, even though we're crippled. And you know, we have the son uh, of the, the king, ultimately. Uh, we have the king himself coming and though we were you know of a rebel mm. kind of household we are now brought into the king's family so just an amazing picture and that's what we have because of the grace of god amen well what a great gospel nugget to go with this episode yeah. of grace amen. great well guys this has been another episode of the gospel forum podcast and until next time keep on reforming <laughs>